Oh boy, I am live. There was some weird camera stuff happening. My headphones were tangled up. Oh my golly. I did not put enough preparation into this, but here we are. It's Monday night. It is the Toronto Beer Podcast with me, your host, Chris Schreier. And I'm here. I'm not great, but I'm here. And I'm going to feel a lot better once I hear those sweet, sweet chords coming from the Curry Brothers with our theme, Link Ray Gun. Link in the description. Check this out. It's my buddy Rob Curry. Yes, indeed. Rob Curry, as always, the Curry Brothers. The record is we are the Curry Brothers. I say it all the time. Check that link in the description. Wonderful, wonderful record. Uh, If you follow along. And by the way, thank you for the well wishes I received. Uh, My face still feeling pretty crappy in this general uh, vicinity. If you're not watching one of the videos, I'm currently pointing to my lower left jaw where last week I had both a root canal and a wisdom tooth extracted. Same neighborhood, different teeth. It was a mess. I'm still feeling a little sore. I feel like I got punched really hard in the jaw. I feel like maybe there was some bone damage taking that tooth out. Uh, I don't think it's exceptional. I don't think I'm special. I did seriously consider bailing on tonight, though, too, but I can taste fine and cold things in my mouth do feel nice. So we're going to just go ahead and I might not stay long. I don't know. The PSA tonight's going to be about watching your teeth. That's a free one. Little little teaser there. But anyway, and also not super well prepared. So I'm having something that I don't think I've done on the podcast before, but admittedly, it was just a beer I had in my fridge. Um, it's a beer I like, so... We got that going for us. This is, it's a little hard to see in this light, Master Status, Double Dry Hopped IPA from Rorschach Brewing, the brewery close to my heart and my rugby pitch. (laughs) A wonderful place to stop on my way home, right on Eastern Avenue, just west of Coxwell. Gosh, I love this brewery, and I love pretty much everything they put out, although I do wait every year with anticipation, nay, even Hyreth for their beer Hyreth, which is a Welsh word, which I've talked about in the past. Look it up. It's poignant and depressing and kind of beautiful. So, uh, but we are not drinking that. We're drinking one and they make a lot of great IPAs. They make a lot of good sours. They make some great Imperials. They make really good beer. Um, A lot of the rugby boys like the super dry, the Japanese style lager. It's all right with me. I'm fine with that. Get it in you. Anyway, this is one of their uh, double dry hopped IPAs. I saw on the board um, what it was dry hopped with. I feel like it was three things, and I'm pretty sure Sabro was one of them. And I'm a little uncertain from that point forward. So there's hops in it. And I think it's a, a beer that uh, uh, uses biotransformation, something we've talked about on this show before. Anyway, let's get into it. My mouth is sore. 
I don't talk a lot. And when I have to talk, I appreciate how much it makes me use my jaw. Which, as discussed, is sore. Anyway, let's pour this for the kids at home. It is a Sada City glass. I am wearing a left field shirt. Oh, I just slipped and, well, anyway, most of the beer didn't land on my keyboard. Don't really have anything to clean that up with. It's a very small spill. It'll be fine. Let's try that again. I was, um, uh, I was undone by surface tension. Fluid dynamics. They get you every time. Every time. Actually, most of the beer landed on my pants. So I could probably even kind of do that and then like that. That's not bad. All right. I'm just going to have beery smelling hands and pants now. Could be worse. Got your beer pants on. I don't even know what that means. Here we go. What did we say this one was called? Master Status. That is, if you're watching the video. I mean, that's a hazy boy. That's nearly a chunky boy. This is hazy. This is a hazy, hazy IPA, and I am here for it. Oh, man. Talking's tough. Okay, here we go. I'm going to get sniffing. We got to get this review done. I got to get through at least that, and then I'll remind you to take care of your teeth and then clear out. Anyway, here we go. What do we smell? We smell. Oh, hi, Kevin. I just stuck my nose in the head of my beer. Yeah, very predictably tropically, like orange juice. Not so like, like I've realized orange juice is a citrus, but when we think about citrus in terms of hop, we're often thinking grapefruit and lemon, especially peel. This is juice, juicy, very orangey, maybe even like mandarin. Not so much on those bitter or very sour juices, sweeter smelling juices. Although there's some grapefruit juice in there, too, if I go looking for it. But the immediate impression is much more sweet, juicy oranges. There's something it's not quite piney. It's like evergreeny. I'm not exactly sure what resiny, almost more like um, like a resiny wood as opposed to the needle. Yeah, it's almost like cedar. Cedar wood almost. That's that's not normal. Oh, I wonder. I wonder if that's mm, I've just gotten head on my mustache. I'm, I'm I poured this slightly deeper than I meant, and I'm just jamming my face in it. Um, I wonder if that cedary smell is actually sort of a mix of like an evergreeny thing and a bit of coconut. Because it smells like cedar wood almost. Very faintly. It's not a major thing in the hops. It's just something that occurred to me. That's that's most of the show right now is, is hop aromas. I'm going to drink it. I, look at this. I've got head in my mustache. I haven't even sipped it yet. This is terrible. Here, I'm going to just dive in. My mouth is too sore for this. Mm-hmm. It is interesting. Definitely more hoppy and bitter. Less sweet, juicy on the palate. Now there's very clearly like pine 
and and like yeah, some other type of evergreeny thing. What is that? It is a little coconutty. There's also clearly grapefruit. It's yeah, it is like peel, but it's not aggressively so. It's not squeaky. It's just nicely grapefruity. There is also still orange juice in here, just worth mentioning. It's a bit tannic. <laughs> Tony Cook has sent a request to be in my live video. Tony, I love you. We're not going to do that right now. I'm going to be shutting this down soon. My face is real hurt, but uh, it's good to have you joining me, buddy. Um, yeah, so anyway, very hop forward. Definitely, actually, more evergreeny pininess than I was expecting. A bit of coconut, for sure. Some grapefruit, definitely. Some orange juice, definitely. Mouth feels great. I'm, I'm, I don't know if this haziness is all hop or if there's like some uh, wheat or oats in there, but it's got a really nice creamy mouthfeel. I have to assume there's one of the two, maybe both. Um... And uh, yeah, nice prickly carbonation, super dry. Again, not quite squeaky, but very hoppy finish, as you would expect. It's an IPA. Let me have another sip. Yeah. Yeah, super creamy. Really delightful weight. Astringent, resiny finish. It's great. This is a really good IPA. Unfortunately, it's costing me a lot to drink it and to talk at the same time. My face is killing me. Uh, I'm gonna have another sip and just think if there's anything else I wanna mention about this and then we'll talk about food. Yeah, no, this, this is just a very delightful. Oh, I'm gonna read the can. I did see that there's writing. I wonder if it says anything on it. I, obviously it says something on it. I wonder if it says anything relevant. I just saw the word galaxy, so I think I'm on the right track. Brewed with oats and wheat, <laughs> not bad, uh, and hopped with Galaxy, Sabro, and Sultana. Notes of tropical pineapple, didn't say so much pineapple, I would have said. Peach candy, interesting. Fresh coconut with hints of pine and lime citrus. I would have said more than hints of pine, it's quite piney to my palate, definitely coconut. And yeah, orange juice, lime I'd buy. Lime kind of lands somewhere between oranges and grapefruits, so that's fair. Smooth, luscious body, couldn't agree more. With minimal bitterness, um, for an IPA, yeah, minimal. Still significantly more bitter than a lot of beers. And an excellent hop character, I mean, I agree with most of that. Pineapple, eh? Let's just, uh... Well, I've poured the bottom out too, I hadn't agitated it, so now it's gonna be, now it is probably gonna be a chunky boy. Yeah, even with that suggestion in my mind, pineapple is not where I'm going with this. Mm, mm. Actually. Yeah, so... It's almost more it tastes the way a fresh pineapple smells, if that makes sense. Not cut, like a whole fresh pineapple which has a bit of a piney 
resinous kind of aroma to it. And there is a tropical juiciness that you can smell coming out of, especially when they're very ripe. Once they get kind of overripe, the sweetness, uh, the, the pineapple-y juicy quality really becomes quite aromatic. But this is more like a ripe or just underripe uh, pineapple. I could believe that's in there. It doesn't really taste like, say, pineapple juice or like canned pineapple. But again, with that resiny, piney quality already, and yeah, citrusy, a bit of a tropical-y thing, I could buy into it being like smelling a whole pineapple. I'd, I'd buy that for sure. Really nice stuff, though. Really nice stuff. Um, almost certainly, especially that coconutty quality and possibly the lime, too. Um, although I'm still leaning a little bit more towards orange on it. Uh, those are going to probably be products of biotransformation. So it's dry hopped and then fermentation continued and the yeast acted on the, uh, the terpenes and the hops to change them, to biotransform them. And uh, this is a very successful example of that style. Let me have a sip and we'll talk about food and then I'm going to clear out. Sorry it's a short one, but my face is killing me. So yeah, what we're going to eat with this is, well, first off, uh, when we're thinking in terms of cheese, usual suspects here might not go. You don't want a dank kind of cheese. There isn't any real, f not funk, but like dankness or like forest floor. Um, it's not, it doesn't smell like weed, like that aspect of the hop has not um, been accentuated. It really is very much like piney and tropical-y. Um, with that in mind, maybe like a bright sort of chevre where that saltiness uh, obviously isn't part of the beer. Um, they're both kind of creamy, but you've got some salty acidity from the goat's cheese. And then you've got this tropical-y... Um, Admittedly, I mean, it's bitter, but there is also a bit of a sweetness a density from the, the body of the beer. Um, I think that could work really well. That'd be interesting. Not a usual thing I would recommend with an IPA, but I think it could work really well here. For a main, I mean, you might do well with, uh, I'm going to say like a barbecued chicken, but I don't mean like southern barbecued. I mean more like when you grill, you know, legs uh, with the right sauce. If the barbecue sauce you use on it leans to the fruity side, less of the smoky, sugary, boozy side, but more like heavy on the tamarind, pineapple, um, etc. That could work pretty well. The char would be an interesting addition um, from the, the grilling process. Um, and certainly the beer would, would work well with, with the chicken. There's enough weight and bitterness to kind of cut, um, but it wouldn't dominate. That'd be pretty good. This would be really nice with the right fish. Oh, like a, like a tropical, just grilled piece of fish, you know, with some lemon or lime and maybe some like cane sugar and a splash of like rum or something on it. That could work really well, especially that coconut quality would really work well with that. But, you know, something sturdy like, a, well, like a like a flatfish or a, or a mahi mahi. That'd be pretty nice. Lean into the tropical things that you put on the fish and that would work pretty darn good. And yeah. I mean, it would go well with a lot of cheeses, but yeah, I think chevre would be really nice. Mm. The other thing that could be really interesting with this would be like a sort of a sheepy cheese, like a manchego. 
going to be a little bit nuttier. And then interestingly, because I was saying this beer doesn't really have a particular funk coming off of it of its own. Sheep's milk cheeses aren't like funky the way that like a like a cloth down cheddar or like a cave aged cheese or something is. But sheep's milk has a bit of a funk to it. It's kind of hard to describe, but the sheepy quality that makes sheep's, sheep's milk, sheep's milk, um, is in that dank kind of funky zone. Um, and I think it would, it would add a layer, um, that isn't there in the beer that would probably play pretty well. That'd be pretty cool too. I think. Anyway, let me have a drink of beer, have a quick breath, and then I'm going to give you a PSA and then I'm going to get out of here. It's going to be a story. Hey kids, gather round and listen to the time your Uncle Chris didn't follow medical advice. When Uncle Chris was the tender age of 17, the age when a young man's thoughts turned to flights of fancy and possibly having teeth yanked out of his face, he was advised by his dentist that his lower left wisdom tooth was impacted, which is to say, rather than facing up like all the other teeth, it was turned 90 degrees and bumping into the tooth next to it. Roots going towards my ear, top of the tooth going towards the tooth next to it. You can picture it, I hope. Especially if you already knew what a wisdom tooth impaction looked like. That's what it was. For some people, all four of their wisdom teeth are this way. For Uncle Chris, it was just the one. He should have been thankful and lucky to only have one that he was being advised to have removed, but instead, what he did was just did not go back to the dentist. That lasted, uh, well, about 21 years. About four years ago, I decided that it would be the mature and responsible thing for me to go back to the dentist. Different dentist, mind you, but to return to uh, regular dental care, as it were. Uh, I'd had no issues in the interim two decades, give or take. Uh, but I thought, you know, getting older, they do very important work screening for types of mouth cancer, which, uh, you know, you don't want that. And if you get it, you want to catch it early. So uh, I better go back to the dentist. So I went to the dentist at the tender age of 38 and uh, was advised by the dentist, oh, that uh, impacted wisdom tooth, you gotta have that out. And I said, yeah, they told me that when I was 17 and nothing has changed. And they said, well, actually, probably what has changed that you are not aware of is the tooth next to it has a very major cavity just above the root uh, caused by the fact that this impacted wisdom tooth uh, prevents you from being able to clean, including just the natural processes in your mouth to keep that area clear. And it's definitely done extensive root damage, so now that tooth needs to have a root canal. And the wisdom tooth needs to come out. And at the time, four years ago, I went, oh, okay, yeah, I'll think about that, and then just didn't book in, and then COVID happened. And then about uh, a week and a half ago, I woke up with a terrible pain in my tooth and knew exactly what was happening. The time had come. So I went back to the dentist and sheepishly said, hey, that thing that we all knew was going to happen happened. And they said, yeah, it looks like it's happened. We'll just take an x-ray and make sure nothing else has gone wrong. Good news. Nothing else has gone wrong. That was last Thursday. On Friday, they got me in for a root canal. By the way, everything you've heard about root canals, well, I was going to say pretty accurate. No, it wasn't terrible, but they're not nice. They're not nice. I even did some reading online in hopes to settle my nerves. And they said, it's basically just like having a filling, but it takes a lot longer. Not true. 
But anyway, I won't bore you with the details. It was uncomfortable. I did not have a good time, but I got through it. I've had long tattoo settings and managed that fine. So I got through that. And then I got told, actually, they were expecting about a three-week wait, but it turned out the dentist could see me on Monday, last. So they extracted my wisdom tooth. He wanted to take out the upper one, but the bottom one was such a mess and came out so badly, he didn't have time. So now I'm left with, admittedly, a week on, still a fairly sore jaw, especially way down deep, like, in my jaw. Not so much in the tooth zone, in the, like, jaw zone. All the stitches have come out, which is nice. There was two different incision points where they had to get in to access the roots to chip them out. Yeah, chip them, literally carving sections into them with a drill and then leveraging them with tools and breaking them out piece by piece. Not pleasant. Although I didn't feel that. I could just feel the pressure. I didn't feel any pain. It was just a long, arduous, uncomfortable time. And now here I am. Sore mouth, have to stop my podcast early because my face hurts so much because I don't normally talk this much, and now I have. And I want to advise you, especially you younger listeners, and I know you're out there, heed your Uncle Chris's advice, and if at 17 you're advised to have any or all of your wisdom teeth out, if it is within your means, uh, please, by all means, do it then. Because apparently as you age, your jaw and teeth become harder and harder and harder and harder. And so taking wisdom teeth out of a 40-year-old man, or a 42-year-old man in my case, is a significantly more difficult, more painful, longer recovery uh, process than just popping them out when you're a teenager. Also, as a teenager, you're young and stupid and you heal very quickly. So if you're in that category and you're advised, please, please, don't do what Uncle Chris did. Even though I got 21 good years out of that tooth. The way I feel right now, I don't think that was a great trade-off. Even if I keep claiming it was because it makes me feel self-righteous. Please, listen to the advice of medical professionals, and when and where possible, based on your means and access to healthcare. Please, do what they say. That's my PSA to you today. By the way, we didn't talk about it, but Roundhouse Craft Beer Fest, uh, which I mentioned two uh, weeks ago, in fact, got canceled and um, then in the same day reinstated because so many people said, what? We love that festival. Um, don't know what's going on with Steam Whistle on that one, but they relented and it's back. So uh, look it up. It's in February. Tickets are on sale. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Buy your tickets now before they change their mind again. That's what I would say. Anyway, my face really hurts. It's been fun-ish. Well, the face part, not so much, but it's been good hanging out with my friends on the Toronto Beer Podcast. I hope you have a great night wherever you are. You're keeping warm and dry. And, uh, yeah. I'm not going to podcast next week because it is both my rugby club's annual general meeting and also my wife's birthday. Lucky her. We are going to celebrate on the weekend, but on the actual day, I'll be at a meeting. <laughs> and then I don't think I want to come home and have a, uh, a podcast. So I'm going to have another week off next week, but I will be back in two weeks drinking something delicious, talking about something cool. It's bound to happen. Until then, you have yourself a good night. Take care of each other, and I will talk at you yeah, in two weeks. Bye. Bye.